Welcome to the podcast for Windsor Road Baptist Church. Prepare your heart to receive God's message. Well, good, good morning, everyone. Um, firstly, you'll have to excuse my voice a little bit. Um, I was a little unwell earlier this week, and um, my voice has um, been disappearing uh, in the last couple of days. It's great to be with you. Thanks for that lovely, and I do really mean lovely, welcome and introduction, Mark. Thank you. I want to tell you briefly about a couple of um, providential relationships in my life, both from this year. Um, I'm not sure if I've mentioned, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, but I work for a couple of days as an orderly at the hospital here, and I was wheeling a lady in her bed um, earlier this year, and I said to her, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice is um, going to be problematic. Um, but I said to her, as I was wheeling her in the bed, I said the lady's name and I said, where are you from? And she said, Cambridge. And I said, oh, I'm from Cambridge. And she said, really, whereabouts? And I told her I was on Bryce Street. And she said, oh, I'm on Bryce Street. So I naturally said to her, what number? And she said, number 11. I said, you're kidding. I'm number 10. So we were neighbours across the road from each other. Now, I'm going to make this story very, very short because it is a very long story. Um, at the time, she didn't know that she had an inoperable brain tumour. She was in her 80s. All her family was in Australia, um, which is where she had lived for the, uh, a lot of her life. And um, <clears throat> we developed a relationship. Um, I did her funeral um, just recently. She died back in May, uh, <clears throat> but her funeral was delayed for a few months for all her family to be able to gather here in New Zealand. Um, I got to know her very well. She came to the Lord uh, during that time. And it was very evident to me from the very first moment that we met that God had put us in contact with each other. And it became very evident to me once I, under, once I realized what was going on with her, that actually God had put me into her life and my family to escort her to the end. Uh, and I never wavered in that confidence. Another brief story just happened to me very recently the other day. I was wheeling a patient from ultrasound up to the ward. This was a lady also in her 80s. Her name was Diana. And um, she, she very clearly um, wasn't real. Well, she didn't look like she was interested in talking. She looked like she was anxious, just had her head on a pillow and she was looking the other way. And it's always difficult to know whether to engage someone in conversation when they're like that. Um, when I got her into the elevator, I was just wondering, should I say something to her, to her or should I just leave her to her thoughts? And, so eventually I asked her, I said, is everything okay? Um, how are you feeling? And she said to me, I'm frightened. Um, I didn't really know what to say, but anyway, I sort of mirrored back to her, oh, you're frightened, you're frightened. And then she eventually told me, again, I'm cutting this rather short, but she eventually told me that she was frightened of dying. Um, still not really knowing what to say. I eventually, um, um, I, I kind of just walked with her, sympathized with her a little bit, but she said to me, I don't know if I believe. 
at that point I knew that God was in this and I was able to take her back to her room and spend um, quite a bit of time with her um, and I was pressed for time obviously but quite a bit of time for her just assuring her she was a believer but she was frightened and she was that she was having doubts and I said God must love you so much to arrange this um, right now to have me here to uh, be his kind of messenger for you uh, those uh, two brief um, stories from my life this year uh, from work at the hospital of God's providence God's providence is absolutely amazing when you're sure it's when you're sure of it it's it's just amazing it's the right place it's the right time it's the feeling that this is more than just coincidence and both of these stories in fact are just short-term relationships one of them very short term um in in the first lady's case mari was her name the, the relationship was a few months before she passed away for diana the relationship was only 20 minutes um very brief but um they were both significant and they were both providential god's providence is really amazing when you spot it it simply fills you with a sense of for a split second in my life god has shown up and another one of the ways he shows up is through relationships um ruth haley barton says at the heart of hum at the heart human longing is the desire for relationship for relationships that bring life and love and a sense of belonging and for this week as mark said i apologize for the powerpoint we've had been having technical difficulties back here um, for this week the next and the next we're going to be looking at providential relationships although to be honest my focus is going to be more on relationships than on providential um, and and you know what's providential and what's not and um, I'll leave you to think through that as we as we um, go through this week and next week uh, but my focus is going to be on how to get the most out of our relationships and how we can be a good friend in our relationships, how we can be a better friend, how we can develop our friendships. And my suggestion would be to have a pen and paper handy or a phone and write down whatever comes to mind as I speak. I'm, I'm quite serious about this. Have a pen and paper handy. And as God nudges you, as you, as God prompts you as I speak, as, as people come to mind, as friendships come to mind, take note of these um, as providential, that these are the relationships that God is perhaps speaking to you about. So for this week, I'm going to look at a couple of ways on how to be a good friend. And the first one is to be a, be a person Sorry, be a born for adversity type friend. Be a born for adversity type friend. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. This verse is saying that, brother, that friends love all the time, but it's in, time, it's in the times of adversity that some of those friends step up and become like family. 
As you think about your close friends, how many of them are close because they walked with you through adversity? My wife, Kathleen, and I have been involved with a friend from Australia, actually, that we knew um, over a decade ago from our days uh, back up on the Sunshine Coast, and she's a Kiwi. She's now back in New Zealand. I won't go into all the details. Again, this is going to be a short story. But we haven't seen her for such a long time, since before 2011, and she contacted us out of the blue just recently. Three weeks ago, she was in the middle of trying to take her life. And in her words, she had a vision, that was the word she described, of my wife and I. She tracked me down through Facebook, and again, the long story short, she um, sent me a message and said, I'm in deep trouble, can, um, can you guys help? She came up to us to stay. That's God's providence. And over that time, she's been seeing a number of professional people for help with various things, with various issues that she has. And as we speak, she's currently in hospital being treated for addiction. As we were preparing for her to come up and stay, she was um, in another part of New Zealand. My wife and I were trying to think of people we knew who might be willing to help us help her. Um, we knew that we couldn't do it alone. And so who could help us help her? And my wife said to me, who do we know that is a good Samaritan type person? Are there any good Samaritan type people that we know? And I thought that was a lovely way to phrase it. And it really summed up in a nutshell, the kind of person that we were looking for. Well, do you know any of those type of people? Do you know anybody that you would describe as a born for a time of adversity type person? People who will be there in adversity for you. A friend loves at all times, but when adversity comes, that friend becomes like a brother or a sister. They kind of step up and they show their true colors as it were. They become like family. What's more, are you a born for a time of adversity type person? Are you the type of person who people can count on when the hard times hit? You're known as that person who would only be too happy to help, that it wouldn't be a bother, that it would be something that would be your privilege and honor and pleasure to do. It seems like Timothy was that kind of friend to Paul. In Philippians 2.20, it says, Paul says, I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone else looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. Now, the amazing, remarkable thing about this verse is that Paul had a ton of friends. He knew a lot of people. But what a statement. I have no one else like him. Timothy was a standout. But what made him so unique? What made him so unique is that he showed a genuine interest for people's welfare. It wasn't that everyone else was selfish that Paul knew, but there was something distinctive about Timothy. Timothy, you get the impression that he would drop everything he was doing for you. That's what made him stand out to Paul. That's why he said, I have no one else like him. 
And my question for you, and it's really a question for me as well, is do you have friends like that? And are you that kind of friend? Are you the kind of friend that someone that you would come to mind and someone would say that they, they're, they're the type of person who would, who would be here right now for adversity. They're the type of person who don't mind dropping everything. Sam is the friend in my life that comes to mind when I think of that kind of friend. I texted him this morning and told him this actually. He said, I don't want you putting me up as any kind of model. Um, but he's the person that comes to mind in my life who's that type of friend. I probably have, I do have others. I certainly have others. Um, but he's told me on more than one occasion, and he lives in Australia, that he, that he would drop everything to be by my side if I needed him. So be that type of friend, a type of um, person born for adversity type of friend. Be that type of friend to someone else who perhaps is not on your top friends list. Perhaps they are not the type of providential friend that you might think of. But be that kind of friend, and I guarantee they'll soon will be the, top, the type of friend who makes it to the top of your list, and you'll be on theirs as well. The second type of friend is be an authentic friend. Be an authentic friend. I'll talk about this guy who's in the photo with me shortly. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 11 says, One who loves a pure heart and who speaks with grace will have the king for a friend. The person who loves a pure heart is a worshipper of God. In other words, they're not an idolater. It doesn't mean they're perfect, but they desire God more than money, more than career, or whatever it is that might be take the place of and um, God in their own hearts. Their heart is undivided, at least it seeks to be undivided in its devotion to God. And this type of person is able, incidentally, to be a born for a time of adversity type person because they don't have idols taking up their time or their focus or their energy. They are able to drop things because their hearts aren't taken up with some idol, as if they'd say, well, I don't really have time. The pure in heart type friends are not transactional friends. Tim Keller suggests that some friends are transactional. In other words, they are the type of friend, they, they are a friend because of the social, economic, or emotional benefits that they get from being friends with you. It may be, it may be subconscious. Um, and we might not mean it, but that's a, a, a transactional friend is basically I'm your friend because what of because of what I can get in some way. But the pure in heart type friend is the one who is gracious to you. They are a friend regardless of what you have to offer them. They love you for who you are, warts and all. They don't judge you or look down on you. They know they're no better than you, which is probably part of the reason they can be this type of friend. And they're just in much of need as God's grace as you are. 
Joe, which is not her real name, um, and I didn't always see eye to eye. He didn't like some of the things that I would preach. And I remember one day after church, he confronted me and the conversation actually got quite heated. One day after church, he came up to me and sat down beside me and he says, I've got something to tell you. And he confessed to me that he had been struggling, that addicted was his words to pornography. I listened to him and my heart felt great compassion for him. And we've been best friends ever since. Do you know people like that? Someone you know who you can go to, regardless of what you've done, regardless of what it is, regardless of how bad it is. Um, I'm very honored, actually, um, as I think of it, that Mark would uh, call me someone who is safe. Um, I'm glad that he feels that in, um, with me. Because that's really what I'm talking about here is, do you know anyone who is safe? Do you have a friend that you feel who is safe, that they'll be there for you? They won't write you off. They will speak words of grace to you. And are you that kind of person? I think the way that you gain those type of friends is to be that type of friend to others. Someone that people are confident to approach and share their struggles with without judgment. Being an authentic friend also means being willing to be honest. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 6 says, The wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. A friend who only tells you what you want to hear all the time is not really a friend at all. They're not an authentic friend. But sometimes it's necessary to say something to a friend that might wound them. But you don't do it because you want to, you do it because you love them. The question is, can you be that type of friend who does that? Can you be that type of friend who, when you say words that might potentially wound, they're also words that can be trusted because you're trustworthy. The words that wound are said with love. The words that can be trusted because you can be trusted. You're with them in adversity. Your heart is pure. Do you know people like that? That people like that are just pure gold. I have a good friend, Richard. He's the he's the um, person in the slide there. He was my best man 29 years ago. Before we were married and at university together, we were away for a Christian university conference. He was actually the um, person I became a Christian through. We were away at a university, a Christian university conference in Christchurch down in the South Island. I used to love jumpers and I probably, and I had about 10 of them and they probably all cost around a hundred dollars each. And he said to me one night, we're in, we're away at this Christian conference. Do you think you have too many jumpers? He went on to be my best man. So however, I took that at the time, obviously didn't impinge upon our relationship. He also told me a couple of years later that I wasn't a good singer, which stung a little bit more. But I'd never had anyone like him in my life up until that point who would tell me the truth like that. And we're still good friends today. He lives a couple of hours north of me in Auckland and he hasn't changed. 
but his words never come across as hurtful because I trust him. He always tells me what I need to hear. Do you have friends like that? And are you that kind of friend? And can you be the type of person, I need to say this in here as well, can you be the type of person who receives hard words and not get defensive? I haven't always been able to be like this, but it's something that I've been working on in the last number of years. Proverbs speaks a lot about people being able to accept rebuke. As a friend, I um, knew a long time ago, and um, she, how can I put it? Um, she was the type of friend, I was driving home uh, one day, this is back in Australia, I was driving home one day and I was thinking about her. And I was thinking about a particular piece of advice, let's call it, that I wanted to give her, but I couldn't. I knew that I couldn't. And the reason I knew that I couldn't was because I knew how she would take it. She would either get very, very defensive or very, very crushed. And it occurred to me, the question occurred to me, was I that type of person? Was I the type of person who gave the impression to people that they can't tell me the truth because they're afraid I'd be crushed or I'd get too defensive. And it suddenly occurred to me, I don't want to be that type of person. I don't want to be the type of person who people feel they have to tread on eggshells around. Imagine living like that for the rest of your life when people are too afraid to tell you the truth. I mean, it, it, it always hurts to have someone tell you the truth, but how much worse to go through your life and have people be too afraid to speak the truth to you because of how defensive you get or how crushed you get. Um, and so that was a real eye-opener for me. And so I've endeavoured, I, I don't know if successfully or not, but I've endeavoured to be the type of person that people can feel comfortable to tell the truth to. Authentic friends also are quick to forgive. It's kind of go hand in hand in some ways. Proverbs 17, 9, whoever would foster love covers an offence but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends the contrast here is between someone who forgives and even forgets with someone who just can't let something go they talk about it with other people oh so and so has done this to me and you know they just can't let it go this doesn't mean we don't confront somebody this doesn't mean we just sweep everything under the carpet and stew on everything Notice what follows in verse 10, a rebuke impresses a discerning person. There's time for rebuke, as we just talked about above. It's time for telling the truth. But whether one forgives or rebukes, what Proverbs is saying here is always make the friendship the priority. Never make the particular issue the priority. Make the friendship the priority. I think we see this in Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 and 24 where Jesus says, if you go to the altar and, and you're about to drop your gift at the altar, he's envisaging the temple in Jerusalem. If you realize that someone has something against you, then go to him, drop your gift and go to him. The remarkable thing about the illustration that Jesus gives here is once again, he's thinking about the temple in Jerusalem, but he's talking to people at that time in Galilee, which is a two-day walking journey away. So in their minds, 
Jesus is effectively saying to them, if you've walked two days to the Jerusalem temple to worship God, to, to bring your gift before him and place it on the altar, and you suddenly realize that there's a friend back in Galilee who things aren't quite right or they've got, you know, you've said something that's offended them or something. So something right, wrong in the relationship, put aside your gift, walk the two day journey back to Galilee, fix it up, then come back two days to do what you originally came to do, then go back home again. That's eight days out of your life. I mean, surely it'd be simpler just oh, drop the gift and then go and fix it up. In other words, hear what Jesus is saying here. He's saying that relationships are such a priority that take eight days out of your life for it. Make it that much of a priority. So things to take away and ponder. Things to take away and ponder. Be a, be a born for adversity type friend. Who are your born for a type of adversity type friends? Who did you write down? Who came to mind? Who are the people in your life who you would describe as born for a time of adversity, friend or friends? Who are the Timothys in your life? Who are the Good Samaritan type friends in your life? Or who are the people you know that need a Timothy right now? Maybe they need a Good Samaritan. People who are going through adversity. Is there an opportunity for you to step up and be that kind of person who becomes like a brother or sister to them? The second one is who are your authentic friends? Who are your authentic friends? Who did you write down? Who are the people who have a pure heart and speak graciously to you? They love you for warts and all. They're not transactional friends. They love you for who you are. Do you have friends like that in your life who will be honest with you? They don't hide things from you. They tell you what you need to hear because they love you. They care about you that much. But you trust their words because you trust them. And are you able to be that kind of person who is able to hear those words? Do you get defensive? You don't get defensive. You don't get crushed in your spirit. Are you the type of person who is a pure of heart, type of person who is authentic, who is gracious, who loves people, warts and all. Again, who did you write down? Who was God speaking to you about, nudging you about? The gentleman in this photo is called Bill. He lives here in New Zealand. He just turned 90 a couple of months ago. I met him three years ago at church and he's become a good friend, a very good friend. And we were heading out to lunch together recently, just this last week, in fact, and I asked him how he was doing. And he said, oh, I'm doing pretty well. I have one or two close friends and that's all I need. And then he went on to say, it's better to have one close friend 
than a whole lot of fair weather friends, as he called them. And it reminded me, and I, we went on to talk about this, and it reminded me of something my running coach said to me at high school when I was 17 years old. He said, if you've got one close friend, you're better off than most people. I don't know how many close friends people have on average. I've been blessed to have a number of close friends throughout my life. But as Christians, we, all, we have all we need to be a close friend to someone. To be that born for a type of adversity type friend. To be that authentic friend. We have all we need to be this type of friend. And the reason is because we always have one perfect friend, Jesus. He is the born for a type of adversity friend. He is the authentic friend who speaks graciously to us and, is all, and always tells us what we need to hear. We can trust him completely. And it's because we have him as our friend that we can be a friend to others, that we can be that type of person who drops everything. The friend of ours that I mentioned earlier, who has been staying with us and who is in hospital right now, has been in abusive relationships all their life from childhood. And I don't feel like they matter. They've spoken to us about this. They don't feel like they matter to anybody. In fact, they've said that they hate themselves. And she said to us the other day, I've never felt like I've been worth anything to anyone. And then she went on to say, um, I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember the exact words, but she went on to say, it's amazing to think of myself as being worth something to God. Now, they still have a long way to go, but already the seeds are being formed in them to be able to be, once they get through this journey, a born for a type of adversity type friend and an authentic friend to others. The seeds for that, for, for being able to be that kind of friend are already being planted. Why? Because she is discovering a friendship with the friend above all friends. The one who went through adversity because he loved her and thought she was worth saving. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the friends in my life. Um, got one sitting right next to me, in fact. Um, and I thank you for, uh, we thank you for the friends in our lives as I think of people back in Brisbane. Uh, I think of people at Windsor Road. I think of Mark. And um, Father, we just give you thanks. Um, Lord, as we go away from uh, this message, Lord, may we be filled with thankfulness and gratitude. Perhaps it's an opportunity to say thank you to the friends in our lives that we do have. But also it's a time to go away and reflect, to think about the kind of friend that we are to others, um, to think about perhaps people in our lives where we might become a better friend, people who are going through adversity perhaps. Or perhaps there are people where... Um, they need to hear words that might wound them um, and yet might be the words of a dear friend. 
So uh, just thank you for this opportunity today. We thank you for each other and for the friendship that we have for our ultimate friend in Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope that you have been blessed by the message. Windsor Road Baptist Church is a growing intergenerational and international community of people committed to whole life discipleship. Please visit us at windsorroad.org.au to connect with us and to learn more about our church.